Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. One more day of practice before Buffalo is off to Montreal this afternoon. Will it be snowier there than here? I guess that doesn't really matter in the big picture, but Marty, I am wondering if today of all days is a day where I start introducing random thoughts like I proposed <laughs> to you the other day. We should. We sh- that should be a, a, a new staple of uh, January 2024 for the show. Random thoughts with Brian Duff. You know what? I'll tell you this. So last night I was doing some TSN work and Jamie McLennan that we just saw in Ottawa the other day. Noodles! Noodles as Ottawa facts with noodles. So there's a segment that no. he comes up with. So funny enough, yesterday, because it was the very first game in the PWHL for the Ottawa franchise and the Montreal franchise, which by the way, by the way, Haley Skimura with the first goal of the game, the first goal for the Ottawa franchise. How many wins does she have? Well, they lost, yes, but they were. It was a really good game. I'm kidding. But, I'm kidding. It's just great so, to have it up and going, and people, you know, mentioning it all the time. Like it's really, that? really good. It's gaining traction. The road traction. team is it. two and zero. Oh. Road team is two and zero oh in two games. Road, road because... teams were eight and five in the NHL last night. So <laughs> yes. Stop telling me but, about home ice advantage. Ottawa facts with noodles was basically like. Did you know that in 1990, the very first women's world hockey championship was held at the Civic Center in Ottawa, and they showed highlights of it, and then they showed highlights of the Montreal Ottawa game, and basically mm. saying, you know, how Ottawa's played a big uh, factor in women's hockey and developing yeah. the brand and everything. So, it, but it was they had a nice graphic. It had you know that Ottawa like sign downtown that has the big letters. And yes. so, and then in the old day was a young Jimmy McLennan with the mullet and the big hair, basically. From his uh, Lethbridge days? Yes, from his Lethbridge days. So, <laughs> Ottawa facts with noodles. So, random facts with Brian Duff. We should have a big graphic for that, too. Well, Pierre Maguire used to have a segment on Ottawa radio back in the day that was called Pierre Knows Everything. And <laughs> it was amazing. They could literally. And it, I'm assuming a fair amount of it was scripted, but nonetheless, it came across incredibly well on morning radio in yes. Canada's capital. But here we are, uh, far removed from the capital, although in hindsight, Marty, what was the scheduler thinking? Like, what, what are you doing going to Ottawa, coming home, and now I'm going to go back to Montreal? Yeah. Like, it's just, I get it. There's a million factors in all of this, but this is 
This is the type of week the Sabres wouldn't want to have to repeat from a uh, from a travel and customs standpoint. No, not only that. Like Ottawa played on New Year's Eve and then traveled on the first to play last night in Vancouver, right? Did like, they though? Like, well, no, they didn't play. They didn't show up. Well, they did for the last 40 minutes. Score effect. It, score effect to a certain extent. Uh, bad luck to another certain extent too. I mean, some of the goals... Um, that, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks scored were bouncing pucks everywhere, uh, which leads me to, I see this, this guy as a, um, um, I don't know who he is. I, I think it's Jim or something. He usually puts out like some tweets about these guys are due, right? Like, Hey, listen, these guys oh, are yeah. due. They're going to score. So it's two guys yesterday were JT Miller and Matthew Kachuk. These guys are due. And he basically said, hey, JT Miller hasn't scored in nine games, but look at his expected goals, his shot from the slot or whatever. The goal that JT Miller scored, he had no idea he even scored it. It was a point shot that he, it went off his stick, not knowing, went off of uh, Jake Sanderson and into the net. So he scores. And then how about Matthew Kachuk getting the goal yesterday? He touched a puck in the crease Mm -hmm. and... The, it was an own goal, and the NHL actually labeled it as an own goal. The defenseman shot it into his own net. Mm-hmm. So the two guys that were due yesterday to score goals ended up scoring, but without them really knowing. So did they? Did, did these guys actually score goals if they really didn't know they had scored? That's a question, too. Uh, how about Sam Reinhardt's goal? Beauty. Beauty deflection. Oh, my goodness. That was something else. Uh and with Vancouver, it, like JT Miller didn't really slow down. Like, okay, maybe the goals, but yeah. like the, the 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 points are still coming. Uh, the brutal final goal allowed by Corpusallo after Forsberg started. You sooner with two last night, but yes, yeah. brutal. It. But here's the thing: we're going to see Vancouver in short order a week from this uh, Saturday. And all they do is continue to score. Yes. And some nights cleaner than others, but I'm actually surprised that their power play is not higher. It's like ninth right now. And as we sit here on an almost daily basis, talking about Buffalo's power play, Mm -hmm. do teams that are going through a drought, like I'm not... I have to be careful asking you this, Marty, because I'm going to assume you didn't sit in on most of the power play meetings, but maybe you did, like just to watch how they defend, how you defend, right? But like, I get excited when Vancouver has a power play. Like I I watch their instinctive plays over and over and over. And every time I look at all the guys that are touching the puck, I go, the Sabres have these guys. They have these exact same type of players. And I, I just... So I'm curious as to whether you rely solely on coaching and your own abilities to get out of situations like this, or because we hear this all the time, copycat world, like do teams sit down and look at video clips from other teams that are humming on the power play? I will say this. um, Very rarely do you have a power play meeting where you look at other teams' power plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... Players that pay attention to what's happening around the league. Like Middlestat, for instance. Like Casey Middlestat. Like, right, you walk it. I was in charge of the TV in the locker room. Don't put me in charge of the music. Everybody yelled at me when I would put like a burned CD or a mixed tape in the, the thing. They're like, Marty, get this music off. It's terrible. 
But I was in charge of the TV and I always would put NHL Network and put the highlight shows or TSN in the morning. So I loved that in the team, we would discuss, hey, did you see that goal? Did you see that power play goal? Did you see the setup, right? Mm -hmm. But so the power play meetings, very rarely do you look at other teams' power play. You look at you. What can mm -hmm. we do? How can we beat the penalty kill? Now, what I really loved, and, and I wish that the power play guys would sit on the penalty kill meeting. Because now you're seeing every other team's power play. You play the Montreal Canadiens, you're seeing their power play and what they do on the power play. Mm -hmm. You play the Boston Bruins, you see the Boston Bruins power play. And you can tell what they're good at and what they're not good at and what works for them. So you would learn a lot more. And often the same guys that are on the power play kill penalties and they can learn that way. But so last night, did you see the four-on-three overtime goal by the Colorado Avalanche? What yes. am I getting? You definitely saw the goal. Nathan <laughs> McKinnon, one-timer, right? So yeah, the shot attempts we were uh, over 90 for Colorado and under 40 for the Islanders. It was quite a night, and yet there the Islanders were somehow using two goalies and getting a point out of a game a on the road. <laughs> but how about this? How often have we talked about the five-on-three or the four-on-three for the Buffalo Sabres and yeah. their inabilities to create, to mm -hmm. get a good shot? I watched Colorado on the four-on-three last night. They're mm -hmm. not moving. They are staying in their position. There's a guy at the top. There's McKinnon and one-timer. He's not moving. So if I'm like the Sabres and I'm trying to get Tate Thompson to score on a power play, I said, hey, let's, let's take a look at Nathan McKinnon's four-on-three goal last night. Look at how he's not moving. He's not backing out of the shooting area. Like he's not starting at the dot. And by the time he's shooting, he's 10 feet outside of the dot. He's staying where he needs to be. And to me, that's the big thing. That's how Nathan McKinnon, we're showing it right now on MSG, but look at McKinnon, how he's not moving. He's staying in the same spot. And when he shoots, he's inside the house. He's not outside the house, yes. right? Yeah. So that's what you have to do when, when teams are struggling to a certain extent. And it's a lot of work, but go and find clips of the players that are the best at it mm -hmm. and show them to do, your players. Now, it may be insulting at times to say, hey, let's take a look at Nathan McKinnon. Let's take a look at Austin Matthews. Let's take a look at Connor McDavid because mm -hmm. you're like, well, I, they're different players, whatnot. But, but that's a good way to illustrate what could work as opposed to always show somebody his own clips. Mm -hmm. And at times when you keep showing somebody his own clips, it's like, eh, I lived it. I was there. I know. But mm -hmm. I I watched McKinnon last night. First thing I thought is that would be clipped. Me, I would clip that and show my power play guys and show Tage Thompson. You don't have to move on the power play. You just have to move the puck, stay in your position, and wait for the opening. And 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 it works. Did you happen to see the burst within that game by Nachushkin? Yes. When he went through three converging Islanders and he literally like, I wouldn't say they bounced off of him, but none of them had an impact enough to slow him down, even though it looked like substantial contact. It's like convergence. Oh, he still got the puck and he almost made a deep move at the end to put it in. And I was just like, this is why when you watch Colorado and even if he's going through a rut, you'll, you'll hear references to big Val, big Val. And just, you know, he is one of the most uh, impactful big men in the game. And yep. I say that because, like, Josh Anderson just got hurt. Montreal's next on the docket for Buffalo. 
but I feel like that's kind of what Anderson never really got to, right? That consistency where he could be shift after shift, a disruptor, Power a finisher. Yeah. Like, so it's funny, right? Because everybody's a little different. And Nachushkin's had his downs in his career, but boy, oh boy, like it, it has been such a good fit there for him. Well, in and, Colorado, and look, right? we're, no. we're talking about Colorado. They're fourth in the NHL right now with 51. They're actually second. They're a point by in Boston, right? But they're tied for second. You got Boston who's sitting in one at 52 points. And then you got the Rangers, the Canucks, and the Colorado Avalanche. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, why are we comparing Colorado to Buffalo? But oh, I not. look at... I'm well, not. no, but I am. I'm like, look at, let's look at Colorado. Let's look at their power play. Let's look at Nachushkin. Maybe Nachushkin, the way that he's playing could be like how Alex Tuck would be like a big power forward. That's just bulldozing through everybody. And we've seen Alex Tuck do that. And I think Alex Tuck is that guy. Right. But why I like to look at other teams sometimes and draw a comparison is that Colorado has given up a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Colorado is not getting great goaltending right now. Colorado is 20th. In goals, uh, in expected goals against. Mm-hmm. I talked about the Sabres being 29th. They actually, without playing last night, they moved up to 27th mm-hmm. because a couple of teams moved by, uh, below them. But yeah. I'm looking at Colorado. They're not top 10 defensive team. They're not, right? No. Their goaltenders are not top 10 goaltenders right now. They're well, not. <laughs> uh, well. I laughed when you said goaltenders. The, the, well, they're really, one. they're really, yeah. really, really, really leaning on Georgiev. And yes, again, as we spoke of either yesterday or very recently, it was yesterday because we went heavy on goaltending and, and how Georgiev's name had been mentioned for so long before he was ultimately traded. And he was traded for next to nothing in the grand scheme of things, as far as just a bunch of draft picks, if you will. But he was also traded out of conference. The Rangers ideally didn't really want to Yes. Dump them into the Eastern Conference. So it was yet another circumstance that wouldn't have been a favorable opportunity for Buffalo, right? The price would have been higher, whatever. And maybe it would have been worth it. Georgiev won 40 games last year, which was insane. And he might do it again this year because he's playing yeah. so much. But I agree with you. Like, there are so many nights right now where I... I have a little bit of worry for him, you know? Um, but that being said... If you look at his recent run here, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, one and one in his last yeah. eight. He's had three tough ones, but he's had about four really good ones in there too. So it's just, I Gary think. Gives the only goalie at 20 wins this year, but yeah. he's an 898 save percentage. So right. is but, he good? Like, yes. Or is the team but he's in probably front of him, t- He's probably tired. <laughs> he's probably tired, which... I don't know. I can't measure that in the stats and whatever. <laughs> just play the game. Uh, but at the same time, is Colorado just playing their identity to find a way to overcome defensively? They're not great. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. And guess where Buffalo ranks offensively? You don't even need to reiterate that. We talked about it yesterday. But the question is, and Razor will join at the bottom and I was uh, yep. of the hour, and I was going to kind of prompt him with this too. But like, if we're going to continue using Colorado and Vancouver as two of the examples, like what what's missing here from Buffalo? Because both those teams that we just mentioned, Vancouver less so, they've been on, on a pretty good heater almost the entire year. But like, what's missing? Like, how do you snap back to that? Like, I think what's maybe a little... It's su- easy not, for me. It, I think what's maybe a little surprising to me, and I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, because 
you don't want to wallow when times are tough. You don't want to have self-doubt. You don't want to openly project your disappointment and failure. Yeah. You want to use it as momentum. But I do think I'm a little bit surprised at how Buffalo players this year have kept saying, we're good enough. We're good enough. We're good enough. We know we can do this. We know we can do this. We know we can do this. Like, so negativity has not crept in, in the outward, you know, appearances publicly in front of the media, whatever, right? Which is probably a good thing. But at some point, they have to not only say it, they have to do it, right? Like, this is the obvious statement of the day. And you, and, and for you, you just said, it's easy. What's missing? It's easy for me. It's the power play. And we've yeah. talked about the power play. The difference between Colorado, Vancouver, and Buffalo, they they give up. All three teams give up a lot. Now, Vancouver has Thatcher Demko, who arguably could be the best goaltender in the league. I think he is. Connor Hellebuck's making a push for it right now. But Colorado doesn't have the same type of goaltending. They're still winning. I look at Colorado. They have 35 power play goals this year. I look at Vancouver, they have 31. Buffalo sits at 14. Give Buffalo 20 more power play goals or 17 more power play goals, yeah. okay, in wow. 38 games. That that puts you back to an even. If you look, they're minus 21 right now in goals differential. You give them 20 goals, they're even. If you're even, you are just right there on the, on the playoff bubble, right? And instead of be sitting where you're sitting, you would be sitting in – Maybe where New Jersey is at with 40 points. And it's only six points, but should be two points back. If you get 12 more power play goals, you're mm -hmm. sitting at least six points better in the standings. And you're probably, yeah. you're probably two, three points away from a playoff spot. That to me is the difference. It's the power play. And mm -hmm. we've talked about it. And I was I was almost frustrated last night watching, you know, Elias Pettersson on the power play on the right side. He's a left-handed shot, getting a one-timer, and it goes in. And he's barely moving. And wow. then I, I it made me it, think. And that of, was part of the route in the first period. And he was almost sheepish for scoring the goal. He was sheepish <laughs> for scoring the goal. I, I went off the defenseman and it beat Corpusello and made it five nothing. You're like, ah, crap. But it made me think of. So I'm looking at, at Pedersen not moving, staying in his little area, one timer goal. It made me think of Ovechkin for years. Steven Stamkos yesterday, the first goal of the game between Tampa and Winnipeg. Stamkos mm -hmm. got a one-timer, missed the net. It went around. It came back to him. He didn't even move. Mm -hmm. he stay, his feet were stuck in cement. He didn't even move. He basically said, I'm staying here, guys. You feed me the one-timer and I'll score. And boom, he scored the first goal. Tampa ends up losing. But I'm looking at because Winnipeg never loses. Pedersen's is... goal. I'm looking at Stamco's goal. I'm looking at McKinnon's goal. All power play goals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like, like th these are all the things that the Sabres were doing on the power play at the start of the 22-23 season. And it's disappeared when we flipped to the 23 year, calendar year. Yeah. And now that it's in 2024, is it going to come back? But I'm looking at three examples of how you don't have to move and, and it's working. And I'm like the power play, that's all it is. Get the power play going. And then everything else may fall into place. Colorado's won three in a row. McKinnon ended it last night in overtime. Winnipeg is seven Oh and two in their last nine, which has matched a franchise record for a point streak, but they're 11, one and two in the last 14. And the bigger picture with the Winnipeg scene is to go beyond what you were talking about and what the Sabres need and what other good teams have done is sometimes it's 
an obvious combination of things. And so the Jets have had pretty balanced scoring despite missing their top goal scorer. And they've gone 26 straight games, allowing yeah. three goals or fewer. Yep. So if that's not an understanding and a confidence every night, like, eh, we got this, like, we're going to be good enough to do this. And they were, they, you know, they fell behind. There was no nothing, right? Like they were just, they're so methodical. They're so good. You're still so afraid to talk about them. Connor Hellebuck has not given up <laughs> more than two goals in regulation. Mm-hmm. Since November the 14th. Yeah. He's but given again, up two or less in regulation every single game. He gave up. How a, is he one still game. a jet, right? Like, like this is exactly the thing. Like, how many of these teams here are benefiting from trades they didn't make? Uh, you know, how, it, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's something like Edmonton's on another run, right? Like McDavid, five points last night, 900 in his career. 18 and, and three when scoring four or more for the Oilers. And, and they've won six in a row. And I laughed at a graphic that popped up during the broadcast, which was top Canadian born netminders this season in goals against. And Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner were on the short list. And it's like, I know, of course they are. And, and all Philly has been is maligned for their goaltending for five years, if not 50 since Bernie Pratt and, and Edmonton is Edmonton. And all we talk about seemingly is might they still go out and do something else in goal? So I don't know, man. Like, it's just. But the problem is, is what has been maddening is all these teams, like the Oilers, for example, right? Terrible Mm -hmm. start. They make a coaching change. I get it. But it's the players that started playing the way that we know they were going to play. It's Mm -hmm. Hyman scoring on the side of the net. It's McDavid taking over, right? It's Evan Bouchard taking over on the power play. It's so, okay. You can say they made a few changes when Chris Knobloch came in. He adjusted. He put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the top line on the wing instead of in the middle. On the different, like okay, mm-hmm. but the players and McDavid was hurt early in the season, so mm-hmm. that really did not do Jay Woodcroft any favors, right? Like McDavid right. at seventy percent is not McDavid at a hundred percent. But you see the players playing and figuring it out, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, you know, like. The Florida Panthers, like the players, right? Like yep. Magic Kachuk's not playing well, but look at Barkov, look at Reinhardt, look at uh, Evan Rodriguez, Carter uh, Verhage, like Verhage. It just goes, yes, yeah. And you look and you're like, it's the players, right? And and to me, so we go back to you know the whole chicken and the egg thing. But at the end, for me, it's like okay, you can show so much video on power play and do this, but the players have to execute. They have to do it. They have to be watching and seeing what other teams are doing or even paying attention and, and executing it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, Florida's won five in a row. They've only given up nine goals in the five games. Bobrovsky has been just ultra consistent. It's been a treat to watch. Um, but their forwards, and again, it ties in with the goals against that I just mentioned. They've been so responsible defensively here. You, you go through a long list of their forwards. I mean, Sam Reinhardt is just one example. Obviously, Barkov is the greatest example, but Erod is not far behind. Yep. Like, their five-on-five goal disparity among their top forwards, it is stunning. And, you know, Barkov obviously is is trending towards almost a slam dunk Selkie the way he's been playing this year. Um, but if you were to have said this 12 months ago, that the Panthers would be 
really cooking and Matthew Kachuk's only at six goals after being the MVP of that team. I think a lot of people would have doubted how they could have got there. But the point is they didn't mess around. They made a ton of depth moves to make sure that they were going to be okay on the blue line before they got fully healthy. And they've been fortunate that Bobrovsky clearly got, uh, I don't know whether, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he, he, after a really tough end to the regular season last year, he found it and he's continued to have it since what mid first round of the playoffs last year. Well, I mean, yes, goaltending will kind of, uh, mask a lot of issues Mm -hmm. that you have um so who should play tomorrow in your opinion levi or lukanen it would be devon's first in montreal of course that would yeah he just played in ottawa which is close enough right and played where close to where he played junior hockey and everything um i would i would probably go back with lukanen and only because right now i feel that you know just like everybody I think that, you know, Devin came back from Rochester and had a really good burst, right? Like he was looking really good. And of late, he's had moments where he's looked like he's scrambling a little bit again, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's take a minute here. Let's breathe. Let's reset. And then let's move forward. I do think that the Sabres need to kind of maybe look at this and build the next two weeks. Maybe you say, okay, let's look at Lukanen the next two weeks and say, let's give him four out of six, mm-hmm. right? And then after two weeks, we'll re-evaluate. And then maybe that will be Levi getting four out of six. Like, let's build something so that we have a little consistency. Because right now, we're doing this exercise, and I can guarantee you the coaching staff is doing the same exercise. Who do we play Thursday? And then who do we play Saturday? And then who, like, it's almost like a who is always the question. So maybe if going about it with the next two weeks and say, hey, we're going to have a plan for the next two weeks and we're not going away from it. I don't mm-hmm. care if Lukanen loses 10-1 to the Montreal Canadian. We are going to stick to the plan for two weeks because we have to build stability and test it out. And that may be the uh, the approach. I would go with Lukanen tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. How would you describe Eric Robinson, the person, after we had him on Sabres Live not too long ago? I think he's a really, really nice person. And yeah. the reason why, because he was great on Sabres Live. Uh, and when I was waiting in line at the airport in Ottawa, going through customs and everything, um, shoes off, belt off, like jacket off uh, as they're going through your bags and everything. I got to talk with Eric Robinson and we were talking about fighting in junior hockey and, uh, you know, things like that. And, um, we were talking about Philly because Sammy asked me where I was living when I was in Philadelphia. And then we were talking about the Flyers and and then the North American League team there. I know a kid that plays there. And we were talking about a lot of different things. But I really enjoy my conversation with Eric Robinson. Nice, well-spoken guy. I thought mm-hmm. he was great. Self-deprecating uh, is now the term I would use. So last night, yes. it, was, it was he and Devin Levi and myself for a season ticket member event. Uh, over at key bank and (laughs) let's just say their life experiences in hockey have been very different right based on the fact that even though Devin was a seventh rounder and not expected to star at world junior there's been more attention paid right 
But honestly, it was they were the perfect foil for one another. Um, Eric just never missed an opportunity to cut himself down. Like one of the questions was, what's it like when you first, you know, see someone wearing your jersey? <laughs> and Devin goes off on this tangent and Eric goes, I'm still waiting. <laughs> and then he goes, does my dad count? <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. You know, yes. like and and just and honestly, Devin is is so gifted and and in in the level of comfort he has he would he would run with it last night for two to three to four minutes at a time mm -hmm. telling stories with energy up to here right it was it was super impressive and one youngster you know just he asked a question just he wanted to know how old they were and uh you know Devin says 22 Eric says 28 I asked the kid how old he is he was 10 and then I look at the guys and I'm like What's the difference being biggest difference between being 22 and 28 in the NHL? And Devin instantly asked me in six years. <laughs> and and then and then Eric goes, I wasn't in the NHL at 22. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> but it's just like they were really, it was really good in just the sense of how they complemented each other. And look, I think big picture, that's all you can hope for is just, you know, playing for one another feeling good around one another and somehow getting on this streak, which again, we will see if it can start tomorrow for Buffalo in Montreal. Lots of home games coming up, a really important one on Wednesday, January 17th. The Blackhawks are in town, but Marty, you'll recall last year how well received this event was. And it was a mental health um, awareness night, a conversation for all pregame panel discussion with founder of Same Here. That's Eric Husson, followed by the Sabres and Hawks game. And you can get involved in it by going to sabres.com slash same here to get your tickets and learn more call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Razor on the other side as we continue Sabres Live. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. As promised, delivering on Rob Ray and his uh, every other almost weekly appearance here on Sabres Live. Hi, Razor. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's very unregular. <laughs> kind of reflective of you in general? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
so we asked the question. Sometimes, you know, my feet don't stop. Uh-huh. You know, so I got to no. keep moving. That's, that's true. That's true. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's missing from the Sabres group right now before they try to get it right here with 44 games to go? What do they got to do? Well, what's missing? Like when you see it from as the closest uh, possible vantage point, like what, what, what do you, what do you, do you ever feel anything that's, that's right there? Well, you I, think, I think that they're just, just missing a bit? I think a lot is confidence. Uh, you know, I watch these guys come off the ice and, you know, you want to head up and, you know, kind of excited to get the next shift and get out there and maybe, you know, talking over what you just, it's sometimes it just gets into games where it looks like their head's hanging a little bit. And I think that, uh, letting a lot of things bother them and you can't do that. You can't do that at a, this point of the year, it's too soon. Um, you know, you want to keep as positive outlook as you can and, and keep pushing each other. But I think there's, it just seems like there's times they get kind of caught in that rut that, oh, we're never going to score or this is never going to work or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, get them down a little bit. I think you got to shake it off. You just shake it off, dude. You can't do anything about what happened yesterday. You worry about tomorrow. So uh, I would think that would be the biggest thing because I think when, once that sets in, it starts affecting a lot of things, the way you're thinking on the ice, your performance on the ice. Uh, sometimes you compete on the ice. So, you know, I, I, I think going into everything, they have to have that good mindset and, and, that they can succeed. But I think it just sometimes little things happen and it kind of knocks them down. Razor, I was sitting on the bench for a lot of the games in the NHL. And if somebody came and sat next to me and was frustrated and banged this stick, I'd be like, just play, relax. Like I tried to build him up. Right. Did you ever like tell somebody, you know what? Shut up. Let's go. Just play. Like stop being frustrated. Like is, is, is that something that gets done between players and players? Because I, as a goalie, sometimes I try not to get involved with the players, but I would, I would use maybe a little quiet moment and just say, hey, you're fine. Just keep playing. Like, did you ever have a moment where you just told somebody straight up in their face, like, stop yelling when you come back to the bench, just play? Yep, a lot, Marty. And, and even though you didn't play 20 minutes a night, you know, I think – respect enough that if sometimes when that's pointed out to them that it's like okay and it comes with you know the guys within the room like it's like back i hate talking about the past because it was totally different but you know even a guy like myself or in a room when you're looking around the room you get a good sense because you know everybody so well that you could look across the room if you've seen patty or or guys like that you know even michael peck if you didn't think they were in it man it's like you speak up and say, hey, dude, hey, let's go. We need you. And you're, you know, you kind of build them up that way. And then there's other guys that are just chronic complainers all the time every time they come off. And that's the guy that <laughs> shut up and sit down because you're pretty much dragging everybody else down with you because they're so negative about everything. So that kind of thing, you know, you can't have that negativity in the room. But it's, it's each other's responsibility there to, to prop guys up and push them. And sometimes guys don't want to hear it. But in the best thing for them, I, you know, I can endless times that we've been in games and you've said to somebody during a game to, to get things rolling and they'll come up to you. If, if they're, if they're a good teammate, they'll come up to you after and say, Hey, thanks for that kick in the ass. Thanks. I needed it. And sometimes they don't even realize it, but you do it. And the good thing is then too, guys don't take it to heart. You can't take what's said to each other in the room to heart either. 
Uh, I'm not saying they do, but I'm just saying if you if you're going to be like that and you're going to push guys and not call guys out, but try to get them rolling, they can't they can't take it as a negative. They got to take it as okay, you're right. All right, let's get going. So I think that's a big part. All right, who were the chronic complainers? I know you've mentioned them by name during broadcasts over the years. Uh, you may as well funnel it down here right now Dave on Sabres Live. Wayne Presley, uh, you know, you name it. Matthew Barnaby, oh my God, yeah. shut up, yeah. shut up. So, other than that, not too bad. I love it. I, you know what, though? Like, I'll tell you this, even coaching youth hockey, there's kids that come back to the bench and say, Oh, I'm terrible at hockey. I made a terrible pass, man. I made a terrible play. And I'm like, stop bringing you down. Like, you're doing it on your own. Like, stop complaining about your play. Like, come to the bench and get ready for the next shift. And so, Razor, quickly, though, that takes me to the power play. And I mentioned if they fix the power play, and I think it would help fixing everything in a little bit, right? It would guide it the right direction. So, you were most likely killing penalties in practice when the power play was working on their stuff. Um, Did you ever, and and look, everybody's got to have ideas. There's no bad ideas, right? Everybody can come up with ideas. Do you ever go to Dave Anderchuk or anybody and be like, hey, you know what? I can see you guys are trying to do this, but I'm watching and it's not working. Like, did you ever help in that way? Well, how, how you did it a lot of the times is when you know they were struggling, you you didn't press quite as hard, you know. You let them make that pass. You let them start feeling good about themselves. You didn't you didn't play that penalty kill at a hundred percent all the time just to try to hey look at coach I can kill penalties too. It was more to get them in the right <laughs> mindset that they're you know that what they're doing can work and and the more they did it you know the more confidence they would get from it. You know it was even when we were playing, you know the coach would say okay you know the penalty killers go fifty go seventy percent whatever it may be. And a lot of the times you turned your stick over too, so you didn't have the blade on your ice on the ice. You had the butt end on the ice just to to help out. So little things like that. Different coaches try different things, but you know I think a lot of people would sit there and go, "Well, practice the way you're going to play, and if it's going to be somebody's going to come at you in the game, then have that person coming at you in practice as well." But maybe at the beginning in the first while you you you, you do it differently just so they gain the confidence, and then you roll from there. And I think that was kind of the approach that we took a lot. I'm, I'm, and I'm not sitting here saying anybody on a power. I, I've never been on a power play. So how the heck do I know what the hell to say about a power play? So, but you know, a lot of the times it's it's just you watch and it, you guys try to get fancy, tries to make you know tough passes that aren't there, and just instead of keeping it simple. I think too many times players try to complicate things too much. It's it's not that complicated of a game. If you the simplify it and, and play straight ahead and get pucks to the net and guys to the net, you know, this day and age, that's that's how you score. So, I don't know. Uh, Simplifying yeah. my head is a lot of times is, is, the best, uh, is the best way to solve things. Certainly sounds like the right approach. Marty, you got one more for him, or we let him uh, catch a plane here? Um, Razor, I, I got a question on Twitter here because I mentioned how I used to sometimes bring mixed CDs or mixed, like, burned CDs in the locker room and I got vetoed on the music. Uh, is the Celine Dion, was that too much for the locker room when I would play it? Did you guys hate that? Yeah, it'd be Celine Dion rolling into Montreal, right? So you can get everybody in the right mindset. And But that was the problem is you start listening to that and all the guys would think about a shape then, Marty. And then everybody was all messed up. 
Yeah, then it'd be too late, too late of a night, and we wouldn't be ready to play the next day. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry that I confused everybody and I led everybody the wrong direction. Well, you confuse everybody still to this day, Marty. Trust me. Consistency yes. is key. We love that around yeah. here. Razor, have a good trip. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Rob Ray joining us here on Sabres I had great Live. questions for Razor, and it went a different ways that I love better. I, I love when Razor tells stories of the old days, and I know it's the old days, but I love it. Well, I love the fact that Razor says he doesn't like talking about the old days. You know, I think that's yeah. almost counter to what, and for good reason, like players should be pride full of everything that they accomplished right over the course of their time. And they, they should want to talk about it, but Rob's obviously in a different, I'm just looking through the numbers here. He's such a liar. He had two power play goals in his career. So <laughs> for him to say that he never played on the power play is just flat out wrong, but uh, they were it, in routes. And oh when the game didn't gosh. mean anything and he was like uh, given a, a piece of uh, candy at the end of the game, Hey, have a cookie, go play the power play. So last night, or maybe night, he came out of the box and he was being waved on the bench and he gave him the Heisman and says, no, I'm going to the front got, of the net. <laughs> oh my gosh. We actually should endeavor to try to find his two power play goals. That would be amazing. You know, one thing that was similar uh, in our conversation with um, Devin Levi and Eric Robinson last night was their COVID experiences and right. playing in a bubble, right? So Devin obviously did that in the world juniors empty building. Um, Eric Robinson did that at the world championships over in uh, Latvia and Belarus. It was, you know, it was a real strange experience for him there, but he also Marty was in the playoff bubble with Columbus in the five overtime game, Oh, Columbus yeah. against Tampa. And I said, do you remember how many saves Corpus Allo had? And he was close, but, you know, he stopped 85 of 88, which is an NHL record in Stanley Cup playoffs. But then Robinson takes the mic and he goes, you know, everybody wants to talk about Corpus Allo's performance and Seth Jones playing for more than an hour. I think it was pretty impressive that we played eight periods and I still got less than 20 minutes of ice time. <laughs> He's like, he's like torch would throw us out there for like one to two shifts per period, just to make sure that we were still paying attention kind of thing. But, and it uh, was like a neutral zone shift and it was win the draw, dump it yeah. in one, four check, get off the ice, kill, kill 45 <laughs> seconds of the period. If you can, it was amazing. All right. We're back with, uh, well, we'll try and fill in some more blanks. I feel like we've been doing it all day long, but, uh, that's part of the, uh, part of the job here on Sabres live and we love it. Glad you're with us. We're back right after this. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres off to Montreal to take on the Habs tomorrow. Of course, we'll be in studio for pregame coverage ahead of that one as Buffalo looks to stop the recent trend against Montreal. They've dropped five of the last six head-to-head -head meetings, including both so far this year. 
World Juniors prospects. Unfortunately for the Sabres, they're now going head-to-head in the semifinal, and that is two Swedes and, of course, Yuri Kulik. (laughs) But uh, what a matchup it should be. Obviously, Czechia uh, defeated Canada yesterday, which we talked about on the show, but then later in the afternoon yesterday, Sweden in overtime was able to get by Switzerland as Oslin and Wahlberg advance. Obviously, the United States will take on Finland. What a matchup that should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, your thoughts on Sweden and Czechia and whether Yuri's team can prevail. Uh, they can. They can definitely prevail if they get goaltending, in which they did against Canada. I think they uh, can play that type of game. Um, Sweden is vulnerable now. Sweden lost in a shootout in their last game, and then they almost didn't get by Switzerland. So I think they're vulnerable uh, at this moment. Now they'll play their best game, but I think Czechia can definitely beat Sweden. The Finns are something, aren't they? Like uh, their resiliency is just one of the most impressive in the last 25 yeah. years. It's just been one of the most impressive things within the game. The number of times they find themselves. And this is again, I'll say it about the U S matchup tomorrow. Like I said it about Sweden's matchup yesterday. This is, not- I mean, Hey, the U S has done everything humanly possible. They've, for the most part, blown everybody out here. But this is going to be a I, wicked, wickedly tough game tomorrow. I always say you got to get hot in a short tournament like the World Juniors. You got to get hot. The Finns got hot, right? Yeah, they got hot. Yeah. They beat Sweden. They 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 won in OT, but they got hot. The U.S. have been hot, right? So they're the two teams for me that are the hottest right now. They go head to head in a semi. Yeah. All right. So that's all tomorrow. Um, as far as some NHL stuff, uh, Minnesota dropped their third straight last night. And, uh, part of that is due to the absences in their lineup. Kirill Kaprizov is now on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. And obviously Marc-Andre Fleury has been taking over the number one duties here with Gustafson out. Let's dive into fill in the blank. And uh, it does have a little Minnesota connection because they recently played Winnipeg and Cole Perfetti and Ryan Hartman. Well, one of them wanted to be involved in an incident and Hartman got fined for it in yes. the fourth. Woo, 4,000. Tough start to the new year. Anyway, um, what do we take away from this situation where uh, Perfetti confessed that Hartman said he was retaliating for an earlier incident of which Perfetti had nothing to do with it? So it's Brendan Dillon that crossed at Kaprizov the night before, and Kaprizov is out long ter- longer term, short term, long term, middle term, whatever. So Hartman says, I'm going to, you know, get you guys back. And he got Perfetti back and Perfetti was wearing a microphone. So they have the whole conversation of Hartman basically saying, Hey, you guys hurt Kaprizov. I went and sorry, man. And Perfetti says he was actually a gentleman about it. He kind of said, Hey, it's not because of you, man, but we had to do something about it. So, but he, he did it pretty sneakily. Like he high sticks him in the face. At first I thought it was accidental, but then when you hear the conversation and what happened, you're like, well, he did pretty good. Pretty good. Depends on your view of it, I suppose. Um, McDavid, Connor, will take over the NHL scoring lead blank. Okay, uh, by by, by, uh, Valentine's Day, McDavid will be in the scoring lead. He's only 10 points behind Kucherov right now. Yeah, he had five points last night. He had the first goal of the game. Then he had four primary assists in the win over Philadelphia. By the way, Philadelphia, for all their, you know, things they've 
been getting right and getting points. They have dropped five out of six, so they're going to be interesting to watch here. Yes. They're one, three, and two in that stretch. Uh, I didn't see it, but what blank went wrong for David Ortiz at the gender reveal party? Nothing. He struck out, and that's what he's done 1,750 times in his career. He missed the pitch. That's what happened. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow on <laughs> Sabres Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.